Oh, hello. I'm back for part two of the Design Thinking podcast series by those who wonder. If you are asking yourself, what's design thinking? Well, you didn't listen to the first episode from last week. That is potentially fine. If you just just want to listen to this one, you can. This week is application of design thinking. So last week we looked at what is design thinking? I'm going to start the first maybe 10 minutes of this podcast going over that, a little bit of a recap, and then the rest of the episode is application predominantly for personal. So we're going to talk briefly about work, but then how can we apply design thinking to our lives? It all starts with a mindset, growth mindset. And growth mindset is, in my own words, the mindset or the belief that anything can be improved. And then you're going to look in the mirror and you're going to ask yourself, can I improve? And maybe even the deeper question, am I happy? And if not, why? Can you design a better situation for yourself? Think about it. Design thinking. In a nutshell, the elevator pitch. It is growth mindset, right? It's evaluating something, identifying where it could be improved, figuring out what is the best way to improve it, and then systematically implementing whatever ideas that might be. Design thinking isn't like, it doesn't have to be inventing the next app or a gadget, right? This isn't like Shark Tank. It could be Shark Tank. I think Shark Tank is a great way to test your ability to communicate. And if you go through something like Shark Tank, I mean, you could do Shark Tank for almost any idea. The point of Shark Tank is it's the critical thinking aspect. An idea could be as creative as possible. And we talked about creativity and critical thinking last week. It could be as creative as possible. You know, like a really cool idea, very colorful, very desirable but is it feeble and is it viable? So feasibility and viability and desirability are the three main aspects that we're testing an idea on, right? Are people going to want it? If you're designing for someone else, are they going to want it? It's not, do you think it's a good idea? Will they think it's a good idea? Is it feasible? That usually deals with cost and timing. Is this way too expensive? Is it going to be impossible to implement it? We can't get the people together to put it together. We don't have the technology, whatever else. That's feasibility. So that's from idea to implementation. Will that be possible? And then once the idea is implemented, will it be successful? How do you know that? Well, you go through design thinking. From what I pointed out last week, 
what my students tend to do and what I think a lot of people tend to do is you initially identify a problem like well that must be what's wrong like the most obvious thing and sometimes it is the most obvious thing and then you have an idea and then you like go all in on that idea I think why we do that is we don't want to have to critique our own idea right I think for some reason at least let's just say at least with my students what I've noticed with my students is they have an idea and then when like when I start to ask questions to pick it apart they don't like that but like realistically if I'm not going to do it they're not going to do it because they are like the humans in Wally, just like we all are. We want things to be easier. Now, the other aspect of being human, as mentioned last week, is it's very human to look at something and think, how can this get better, right? The hypotheticals, that's kind of what makes us human. We are able to think of like, well, it could be like this, right? And it's like looking into the future of what it could be, and then we're able to make it happen. As I ended last week, I think I ended last week with this. That's not always. Oh no! Actually, I'm sorry. I mentioned this in the little description. Sometimes we come up with ideas that are solving the problem, and I put that in quotations, and it just creates a whole bunch of other problems. You could say things with like climate change now, right? We're realizing like, okay, solutions and things that we made, so like man-made inventions that were solving problems are creating problems of their own. Now, you can't always predict the like the ultimate effect of an idea. But part of the critical thinking is is this the best option? Like what's going to happen? What when this is if and when this is implemented, what's going to be happening from this, right? Design thinking is your ability to come up with an idea and then decide is this the best idea? The process, it's not necessarily linear, doesn't have to be linear, and there's this is just a way that I teach it in my class. Um, Luma has, which L-U-M-A, Luma, check them out, awesome. And like, this is a business that, or this is an organization that if you own a business, they're awesome to contact, and I'm not sponsored by them, so I don't even know if I'm legally able to talk about them, but. I am, and then if I get an email about it, we'll worry about that later. Luma is awesome because they will like meet up with your business and talk about like what are strategies that you could get together, people in a conference room, and like brainstorming collectively and collaborating with all these different ideas. Um, they really connect to the linear process that I'm about to go through, uh, but they have look, understand, make. So look at what's happening, understand what's happening, make a solution. The other process is empathize. Who's involved? What are their wants, their needs? What are their problems? And what are their, what are their opinions? Two ways of looking at it. Either you already know what the problem is. You want to empathize with the people who are experiencing the problem. Or you're looking at like a general topic. So like school. Who is experiencing school? What is their experience like? What are their wants? What do they need to be happening? What do they want to be happening? What are their feelings towards school? What problems are they facing? And then like where within that can you help solve a problem? Improve the experience for students, teachers, whatever. If you're trying to in in improve school, 
you should know all the people that are involved in school and what their experience is like. Defining the problem. This is major. And define, so step one is empathize. Step two is define. You're either defining the issue or the problem or you're defining your objective. And you you should really be doing both, right? You are identifying this is, it's like a problem statement. This person is experiencing this. This is why it is happening and this is why it's a problem. I could list... so many different examples of a problem like a basic one in business we're losing customers why are we losing customers what do they want that's defining it right you're defi- the the problem that like the most basic problem is we're losing customers but then you obviously need to get deeper like why are we losing customers and that requires empathizing what do the customers want what are we currently offering where's the disconnect right and It's not just, oh, we're losing customers. That's basic level. And if that's all you're seeking to understand, then you're not understanding the problem, right? You need to know why. Another problem, I'm very tired in the morning when I wake up. That is a problem. But that's also, again, like a very basic problem. It's the same thing as we're losing customers. Define and figure out why are you tired when you wake up in the morning. You being tired in the morning when you wake up one, we probably are all tired when we wake up. That's also maybe a problem. But figure out what's causing the problem. Why is it happening? And then define an objective. Now, the objective could be, I'd like to have more energy. Ideally, your objective is more measurable. And all these things I'm saying, I went in more detail in the first episode. So if this is interesting you, go back to last week's episode. You define your objective and ideally you are able to measure it. Last week's example was I want my objective was I want students to be more engaged. The way in which I would go about it is tally every single time I notice that a student is disengaged or every time I have to remind a student that they're disengaged, right? Let's say I'm at 25 times a day. The objective is I want my students to be more engaged. I will know I'm successful if it's at 20 and that's like hopefully i'm getting it down to zero oh that's impossible but growth mindset (laughs) um right define the objective what do you want to be happening put it into words the more exact and specific the better and we'll get into the prototype and testing part but even let's just say your objective is we want to reduce the amount of customers that we're losing. We want to start to get more customers. I want to have more energy when I wake up. I want to make the students more engaged. Put it into words. What do you want to be happening? And it should connect to the problem. My problem is I'm tired when I wake up in the morning. Okay. I want to have more energy in the morning. Now, IDA is the next step. And it's what are all the possible ways that I could work to reach my objective. It's not, I try to point this out to my students. It's not always just solving the problem. We're at least reducing the problem. What are all the ways, all the things I could do that will help me get more energy in the morning? And like list it out. There are all these different strategies. I was thinking about 
how in-depth I want to go into that, I really recommend you just check out Luma. But there's all these different strategies, uh, like the creative matrix or the importance difficulty matrix, all these different things you could do um, to help brainstorm as many ideas as possible. Um, but just ask yourself, what are all the ways? And it's embrace. And another mindset I talked about last week was embrace ambiguity. It might sound crazy. Just throw it out there first. Write it down. Put it out on a web. Do whatever you got to do to brainstorm the ideas. List them out. Then you should start to go f- through filtering. You should ask yourself for any idea you have, why might it fail? Why might I not do that? Right? Because you're going through the desirability, feasibility, viability. That should also be when you have your list of stuff, like, okay, is this desirable? Is this like the best option for me? Would I like this? And we're talking about like ideas first waking up in the morning. Let's say it's ideas to retain customers or get more customers. Will they want it? Is it desirable? Is it feasible? Okay. If like, are we doing some ad campaign? Like, do we have the money for that? What's the budget for this? Is there a cheaper way to do this? Is this the best option that we have in regards to feasibility money? Again, because it could be super desirable, but it's also way too expensive and it's not feasible. So you got to find that balance and then viable. How do we know that once we make these ads and put it out there, will it be successful? That kind of connects to desirability in other aspects. So like other things that will be, is this going to solve the problem actually? It could be super desirable. Like people are like, oh, I like that, but it's not like, I don't know, like Geico, you can have super funny commercials and like people laugh and like, oh, that's great. But like, is it actually going to bring in more customers? And I don't know what Geico, I don't know why that's their thing. I guess it's working because they've been doing it for who knows how long. So you have an idea and it could be a multiple, it could be like a few ideas, like sub ideas, right? Um, you then want to prototype and test. A prototype is a representation or an example of your idea. It's a rough, rough draft. We do this because if you have an idea, you don't want to just go all in on it, right? A prototype, like there's plenty of ways to do it. For instance, I have my students design an app they have all these different topics. It could be like hunting, shopping, fitness, whatever. They empathize with who would be someone that would download an app in regards to hunting, let's say. What problems do they experience? Okay, then you define the problem. What is your objective? Come up with all these different ideas like, okay, we want to make an app that's helping solve this problem because we want people to download it. You do all that. Rather than just go all in and just start literally designing the app and like paying people to do it. The first thing that we do is I just give them a huge cutout of an iPhone, not a huge, I give them a bunch of cutouts of an iPhone. So like you can hold it in your hand. And then I say, okay, from start to finish. So when I open up this app all the way to what I want to be done is accomplished, what is going, what's going to be happening? So they start at the homepage. They're like, okay, at the homepage, we're going to have this, this, this button. And they put it on that iPhone template. That's a prototype. Because what happens is they then test it. They give it to another student and say, hello, you're a hunter. This is what you want to be doing as you're opening up this app. And then they do what's called a think aloud test. So the other student who's testing it out, it's like, okay, I'm at the homepage. I see these buttons. Uh, I'm going to click maps button. Um, No, this is what I'm looking for. Uh, There's no back button. And then the students who made the app are like, okay, we're writing down like, okay, we need to make sure there's a back button. 
which you forget about. But if you were to just go all in and then like ship it out, you're gonna need, you're gonna have to call it back because you've made all these mistakes. So have a prototype that's something that represents the idea, test it out, have get some feedback on it as much as you can. Now the, like the difficult thing is like, let's say you're trying to get customers back. It would be difficult to just constant, be constantly doing prototypes as in like, we're gonna have this idea, we're gonna test it out and then get feedback from the customers. Like, did you like that? No, okay, we're gonna try something else. What you would do is you have an idea, you start small, you gauge, is this as successful as we hope it would be? If it's not, you gotta figure out why is this not successful, make adjustments, and then as you start to get a more solidified, successful idea, then you can go bigger and bigger. For instance, in my workplace, so at a school, whenever administration is trying to um, implement new protocol, they ask for teachers to like volunteer to try it out. The teachers, they ha- it's like a control group, I guess you would call it, a re- experimental group, whatever. They try out this new thing. They give feedback like, oh, a teacher is not going to like this aspect of it, right? And then the administration figures out, okay, do we want to move forward with this product? How are we going to deal with when we implement this new idea? Like all these teachers are going to have this problem. We can expect that problem, right? Start small get a little bit of a feel for it. It's the same thing as writing a paper, right? You have the rough draft. You get a feel for it, you make adjustments, and then you finally submit the thing. That's your idea. Now, I've just spent about 18 minutes recapping. I said 10 minutes, I think, before. Not including the intro stuff. That's design thinking. Now, this episode... I am very excited for it because honestly, since I was asked to teach this design thinking class, I learned about what design thinking is. And then I started thinking about like, okay, how can I teach it? And again, we're teaching skills right now. The idea, ideally design thinking is just a way to think, right? It's we're developing the student's creativity Systematically, again, there's like all these different strategies you could use to come up with ideas. We're developing their ability to use critical thinking for those ideas. We're developing their ability to then communicate their ideas as well as communicate to their clients about what they're experiencing, right? We're working on skills. Design thinking isn't just for work. Now, I have in my notes, I want to talk briefly about work, but then I want to get into the personal thing. What I was saying before, I tend to get off track, but what I was saying before is, I was learning and figuring out how to figuring out how to teach this class. And then I guess I just started using design thinking more and into my personal life. And I started to look at my life, all these different aspects of life, right? Which I'll get into. But with the growth mindset of what is currently happening and how could it be better? And that is what I want us to to be thinking about for this episode. Just looking at everything. And sometimes you need to turn it off and you like don't always have to be picking apart problems. And you know, because like that can weigh on you. But taking time to like step back and look at your life, work and personal, and ask yourself, like, how how could this get better? 
that's going to require for you to look in the mirror and say like, what do I want? What does better mean to me? Why is it not as good as I want it to be? What can I do? For work, um, I wrote down, so we all have different jobs, but the what is happening and how can it improve applies to every job. And I would say in like two parts, either you're designing something for a client, so the people that are giving you money, that's the empathize. What do they want? What is their experience like when they're dealing with my product or whatever my business is? You're not even a business owner. If you have a job, you're probably doing some form of service. Either you have employees, you can empathize for them as well, or you have clients and you're designing for the client. So what is happening for them? What do they want? How can their experience be improved? Or you are designing improvements for your job. So like personally, as in what am I doing? How am I doing? What, how could what I'm doing improve? Essentially, you're looking at your performance at work and then you're designing a way to improve your performance. And not only that, like I'm going to talk about uh, in a little bit my planning period, right? There are times in my day I, th- I find to, in, in order to improve my experience, I need to just take a break. And like that's also design thinking is knowing that like, okay, my objective is to be the best employee I can, whatever that means, like you got to define that. In order for that to be accomplished, I know that I need to like step back and not always be on. And that's just me. I find that to be true for a lot of people. Gonna sip some coffee. Which leads to the next and pretty much final big point. There's gonna be sub points in the big point. But let's just go with the personal, right? And the big question is, are you happy? Are you happy? Let's say if you're designing life, you're using a growth mindset for your own life. Let's start with the question, are you happy? Now, maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is no. If the answer is no, then it's obvious you could be happier. If you say like, yeah, I feel like I'm generally happy. The growth mindset still says like, okay, well, how could my life improve? In order to answer that, you have to define, then this goes with empathizing with yourself. What makes you happy? And then define, so that's kind of like the objective, more more so empathize, I suppose. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't have to fall into a step. That's why I said it wasn't necessarily linear. What makes you happy? And then ask yourself, and this is define it. What is preventing you from being happy? Now, an obvious answer might come into your head. Like, okay, yeah, definitely wish that wasn't a thing. And we're going to get into kind of like the butterfly effect, what is in and out of your control. Um, but 
even this in itself is the creativity and critical thinking, right? Because if you could just do whatever you want, like if I asked like, what would make you happy? You'd be like, I'm going to move to the Bahamas and I'm just going to sit in a hammock all day. Critical thinking has to come into play like, okay, feasibility, viability. Yeah, it's desirable. Feasible, you do have the money potentially to fly to the Bahamas. Viable, how long, like, how long is that going to last? Is that going to be successful? One, are you going to be able to sustain that? And then two, is that really going to make you happy? I don't, it, it might. Good for you. If you just want to sit in a hammock all day, that might get boring for me. I'm not you. But this is the creativity and critical thinking, right? If you could do whatever you want, you can be as creative as possible. Like whatever you want to do that makes you happy. However, you have to work around reality. Usually money and responsibilities. It's funny that uh, Kendra, my wife, and I, before we had a before we got a dog, we like lived in a van and we're traveling and like going to a bunch of national parks, right? Designed the whole trip, design thinking. And like, that was awesome. And then we got a dog and then it felt like all this responsibility. Like we can't, like we're about to go on vacation. It's like, we have to figure out what to do with this dog, right? That is a reality of life. That's a responsibility. And you have to work around that as well as like, okay, now that I have this responsibility, like I'm going to design, like what are things within this parameter that I can still do that's going to make me happy? As in like going on hikes with the dog. Why not? But the critical thinking aspect is like, whatever makes you happy, you have to be realistic about your circumstances, money, responsibilities, as well as like ethics too. That should probably come into play, right? You have parameters you have to work around. That's the critical thinking aspect. So think about, and I'm going to do an example with myself. But we said, what is preventing you from being happy? The creativity, you got to define that, but the creativity and the critical thinking is you need to acknowledge the parameters that you're in and then ask yourself, okay, what's the best case scenario for blank? Thinking about your life. So for example, think about like a typical day and observe it. This is kind of like the empathize part. What is the experience like? So it's like, all right, am I happy? I'm like, okay, well, let's think about that. And then the how could it improve, right? Think about, all right, we're going to break down the day and then I'm going to identify areas which I like and areas which I don't like or areas which could improve. So for me, um, a typical work day, Again, I'm currently in summer Sean mode. And if you don't know about it, it's a lifestyle. I'm still trying to wake up at like 5.30 or 6 in the summer. And like I have things to do, but it's things that I want to do because I've designed a summer for me where it's like, I want to make music for an hour. I want to podcast. I want to do yoga, like all this stuff, right? Anywho, while I'm at work, which is normal for most people, right? Working all year round. So just think of a, a weekday. Let's break this day down into sections. So this is what mine looks like. As I'm doing this, use that as an example to think of yourself. Because what we're doing right now is breaking down the day and figuring out where are aspects in my day that could get better that will lead to happiness. 
So I wake up in the morning. I have the morning section. I have the commute section. So I'm driving to work. Uh, I work. Now within work, there are different like subsections. I have my, I get to work and I have about 30 minutes before people get into my room. I have class, uh, lunch, class, planning, right? That's so like subcategories of work. That's going to be relevant in a moment. I have my commute home. I get home. I hang out for a bit. Uh, Usually my wife and I will get the dogs out, come home, dinner section, chilling section, bed. Okay. For each section of the day, and like, this might seem like a lot, but this is this is design thinking, right? Uh, ideally, you're, you, not every single day you're gonna like break down like minute by minute, but just think about the sections of your day. So let's do, just do morning, okay? What is the purpose and the objective? You define, okay? If this could improve, and that like the most ideal morning, define it. What is your objective? And then ask yourself, currently in my day, in my morning, what is happening that's helping me meet that objective? And then what is happening that is that is hindering that objective from being met? I'm going to talk about myself. Let's use that as an example. My morning routine. I have found, so I was applying design thinking, kind of not even knowing it. I was listening to podcasts like Jocko and Jordan Peterson and they're talking about like, you know, discipline, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking like, I like morning times. What do I want out of the morning? Obviously the needs are, I need to get ready for work and what I want. And this is like the parameter, right? I have to be at work by 7.30. I like to be at work at seven, which means I need to leave at 6.15, okay? That's pretty early because I got a 45 minute drive to work. I have to leave at 6.15 and I have to be ready for work as in like wearing clothes at least. I don't have to have my lunch packed, although I'd like to, I don't have to do other things, right? Must haves, I gotta check that off. Then the design thinking is like, okay, how could this get better? What do I want? I want, and I've noticed this about myself from like reflecting on mornings, I really like it when I'm not rushing in the morning. I like it when I can like, just take at least five minutes and not have to be doing the next thing. I don't like it when I wake up and I'm like, oh shoot, I got to go, 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 go until I'm in the car and driving. And like, there was never a time where I could have five minutes of like, I'm going to sit here. I could pick up my guitar if I want to. I could watch a YouTube video if I want to. Like I can just do what I want in those five minutes. That's what I want. I want to, I need to get ready for work. I want to be able to take my time. Okay. Then I break down. What am I doing in the morning? So again, the question is what is happening? That's helping me meet the objective. What is happening that is hindering me from meeting the objective? I wake up depending, like I like to work out. I pack my lunch. I pick up my clothes. I put all my clothes, whatever, right? Like go through the morning. I realized I could pack my lunch the night before and I could pick out my clothes the night before and that saves me some time. And it's not like saves me some time from sleeping in. It's 
I'm going to get up. That, that was a whole other problem. I'm going to get up and then because my lunch is packed and my clothes are already picked out, I have saved time. I'm designing my morning. The other problem was what's hindering me from that is I had a hard time getting out of bed. For a while, I was getting out of bed at 4.30 because Jocko did it. I was like, well, if Jocko's doing it, and then I listened to a podcast about like how important sleep is. I was like, well, I need, a, let's hope for seven hours. So like I have, I'm having a hard time not pressing snooze. Pressing snooze is hindering me from meeting my objective of getting ready for work and being able to take my time. I also, a want was I want to be able to work out in the morning. So what I did is there's our master bathroom in the bedroom. I charge my phone in the bathroom and I set my alarm. Now it's set for, well, during the school year, it's set for five. Under my phone are my workout clothes. When the alarm goes off, I have to get out of bed. I have to walk down the hallway. I have to go into the master bathroom and I have to turn off the alarm. Right next to the alarm is a light switch. If I have the discipline, I turn off the alarm, I turn on the light switch, I'm up. I designed that, right? I acknowledged having my phone right next to me in my bed. One, I'm more tempted to look at it before I go to sleep and that's going to prevent me from sleeping. Two, I'm less likely to get out of bed. So I designed putting the phone in the bathroom. I designed, I made a conscious choice. What are all the things I could do to help me reach my objective of get ready for work in the morning, be able to take my time, pack my lunch the night before, pick out my clothes the night before, put my phone in the bathroom. So then it goes to you. Think about your more, let's just say your morning routine. And I broke down like all the sections of my day, my morning commute or my morning routine, my commute to work, work, commute home, time home, taking the dogs out. Ask yourself, what is the purpose? What are the must, your needs, I need to get this done? And then what are your wants? Basic design thinking is first and foremost, It's we call it the bullseye diagram. It's like three circles of bullseye. In the middle, it's like, this is tier one. These things have to get done. Tier two is these things should get done. Tier three is it'd be cool to be able to do that. Minimal design thinking is is getting the needs and then probably the shoulds. Like more creative design thinking is the, the it'd be cool to, if I could do that. Right? And that is, oh, another thing. I set the timer for the coffee in the morning. So like the, by the time I get downstairs, the coffee's already made. So I don't have to waste time. And like, I if you know me at all, I'm not the person that's like, everything is in order. I'm not type A at all. I'm very much type B. But I realized that doing this allows me to be more type B. Where like I can wake up and just like chill and I like, go downstairs and the coffee's already made. It's like nice. I don't have to rush. It allows me and it fulfills my wants. So then let's think about you. What is your, reflect on your morning routine. What do you want? out of it. You don't have to want what I want. Maybe you want to sleep in more. So then you got to ask yourself, okay, what's preventing, what's hindering me from meeting my objective? Sleeping in. 
what is what is allowing me to do that so i just need to keep that and i need to change whatever is hindering needs to be substituted with something else or changed it could be the lunch the night before or whatever else or think about your morning routine what do you want to do like do you want time to meditate is one of your needs like you want to i don't know like through your day you've realized the only time for you to work out is in the morning Design it. Design your routine where you can do something that's going to make you sweat in the morning. Because, like, this is something else that I've noticed. Ideally, I want to work out, and I, Kendra and I have been doing a good job of that. But what I've noticed is if we don't work out before dinner, we're probably not going to work out. And when I get home from work, I don't want to work out. And like, this is something that I still struggle with. My, my objective, my goal is I want to work out in the day. I need to design my day where, and this is like prototyping too. Okay. Let's just for this week, let's say in this section of the day, I'm going to dedicate to working out seven days go by. I'm like, okay, I was two for five. Okay. That's a pretty rough test the prototype. So I got to adjust the prototype. Let's try it in the morning. Okay. I was four for five that week. That's better. So what does that tell me? Should probably be working out in the morning. So just to recap where we're currently at, and this is for personal asking yourself, are you happy? And then we're just breaking down like, okay, what's going to make me happy. And realistically, what we're doing right now is we're breaking down like what's currently happening and what's preventing me from what are the things I know that I don't like. I know personally in order for me to be happier, I like to take my time in the morning. I like my mornings. So I designed that break down your day in sections, morning routine, commute, work, maybe even lunch, work, home time, dinner. And then for each section, okay, in an ideal world, what is the purpose and the objective for this that I want? It's not because if the purpose of the morning routine is just to get ready for work, that's not what I want though. I want, I want something more than that. If the purpose of dinner is just to Uh, give myself nutrients. Yeah, I get like, that's the purpose, but like, I want more. I want to try new foods. I want to eat something tasty and healthy. I want to enjoy the process, right? I want to be happy. So what in this section, because I have to eat, what in that time is going to make me happy? What do I want? What would, what would, are the it'd be cool to have for instance like i've said this to kendra we haven't done it yet but like this is just design thinking okay i'm trying to improve all aspects of my life including dinner like it's easy to get into the same routine of like just eating the same stuff not only that but like you eat or you make dinner and then you just sit there right like you want to make it as best as possible so like an idea that i've had because a goal that will make me happier would be to like learn and get better at cooking and experiment would be 
dedicate a week to different cultural cuisines. So like this week is Indian food. It could even be like day. Oh, that's a little more difficult with grocery shopping. So like, and that's critical thinking. This week, we're going to make Indian dinners. And as we're making Indian dinners, we're going to put on Indian music. That could be, now that could sound terrible to you and that's fine. For me, that sounds fun. That makes me happier. Um, I feel like I started this and then got off work. I, I get to work around like seven and I have till 7.30 where like that's when the day starts. Students start coming at 7.23. I've noticed about myself, I need to have it quiet. I like music. I put on music. I sit there. I breathe and count to 10. That was like a prototype test. Like, okay, what are all the things I could do to help me like get in the zone? Music was one. Breathing was one. I realized I like that and I kept it, right? That was like, that was a part of the ideation process. And it's multiple things in the morning. I have an oil diffuser. I put on that, like get some nice little uh, scents in my nose. Relax. So I've defined in that section, this is what I need to do. So I need to like open up my laptop, check emails, which I don't always do. So then I need to design, okay, what's like, this is not happening. I need to be checking emails. I'm currently not doing that as someone can attest if you work with me. What do I need to do that's going to improve the likelihood that I'm going to check emails while also being able to relax? So think about, break down your day. What are the needs? This is the critical thinking aspect, right? It's like, what are the has to happen, your responsibilities? And then how could you improve it to make you happier that you want? Now, also life is working around or with others, like home life or work life. So that is the empathize as well. Like I, I don't want to do this all the time, but like sometimes, sometimes I'd like to come home, like I'll talk to Kendra and then like, I would like to just make music for a while. And like, I do do that sometimes, but I also know I am happier when my relationship is good because I want that. It's not like happy wife, happy life. It's that's something that makes me happy is like my relationship. So I know that I can't just do whatever I want. I have to figure out, okay, I'm happy when my relationship is good. What are things that I can do that will make me happy along with the relationship? And that's things like getting the dogs out or like kayaking or fishing or something that like we can do stuff together, right? The, the, the cooking thing. I'm making conscious choices. I'm analyzing this is the day, best case scenario, This these are the things I could do. I'm going to try this one out. I'm going to see, did I like it? Was it feasible? Like, was it really difficult to do that? Is there another idea that's better? You can... The, cra the cool thing is, and the crazy thing is, or whatever you want to call it is, this can start right now for you. And I don't view this as like a self-help thing at all. I view this as, it's design, it's, it's, if all we have in life is time, 
design the most effective and enjoyable life you can currently right like so start with your morning routine let's call that homework I was just listening to a podcast and Sugar Sean O'Malley UFC fighter was saying like he likes to meditate and then water his flowers and like if he has a good morning then the rest of his day is great I would agree with that watering the flowers I don't have to water my flowers every day but like the morning is great if you so design the best possible morning design the best commute to work what do you want out of it what do you want when you get to work how are you doing when you're at work design the best case scenario define what you want define what you need to do define your objective I want to be able to take my time when I get ready for work. What are all the things that you could do in order to accomplish that? What is currently happening that's allowing you to do that? What is currently happening that's hindering you from doing that? Making lunch, picking out my clothes, which doesn't take a whole lot of time, but it is time. Waiting for the coffee to be made. And I removed that which gave me more time, which helped me reach my objective. Design thinking, like for, we're sticking personal here because in regards to work life, I don't know what you do, but it, it, the same thing applies. What's happening? How could it improve? But for the personal, like relationships, how could your relationships improve? Creativity, critical thinking. What's your objective? Okay, I want to... Uh, be in touch more. Well, the issue is like, I don't really talk to my hometown friends enough. Now that's an issue. If I find it to be an issue, like I don't, I shouldn't have to feel pressure again. Cause it's about the happiness thing, right? I'd be happier if I spoke to like Hackman more, for instance. So what's preventing me from doing that? What are all the things I could do to be in touch with my hometown friends more? Marriage, how could it improve? This is like, it's the growth mindset thing of like, okay, everything I'm experiencing, I believe it could get better if I consciously evaluate blank, whatever it is. If I consciously evaluate it and then I systematically approach it to improve it. That's the whole prototype and testing thing. I'm going to try this out for a week. Let's see how it is. Ideally, you are, I mean, like, that's that's the other thing. Like, for the marriage one, like, I'm not going to tally every time I make Kendra laugh or every time we hug. Because then, like, how weird is that, too? It's like, okay, I need to get in 10 hugs today. Like, that's not cool, <laughs> you know? But... I know that the like the cultural cuisine thing, like I know Kendra would like that, and I know that we would do that, and then like I'd put on music, like we I know that that would improve our relationship. So I'm gonna try it. Maybe eventually. Uh, another aspect of personal: your home or your personal space. So like, if you live with roommates, or you own your own home, or you live in a home. You can design, like, that's something I don't think 
maybe people think about like i think they get fairly generic with it but it's like you can design your own space what you want now the other aspect to that is like the stakeholders so let's say like personally my backyard or even my house i could put whatever i want in the house or like what me and kendra want but i also know that people are going to be in the house and part of what I want that would make me happier is like for people to enjoy being in my house. So I have to consider them, but like I can, I can be in control of my space. So what do I want to be in there? I like for the space to be clean. I like for it to smell good. What can I do for that? Candles. Boom. Nice. You can design each room. Okay. So what is the purpose of the living room? And it's not like the living room is to sit and watch TV or for people to commute. Like, what do you want from the living room? Like, what's the ideal situation? Like, envision best case scenario. Want like people in there laughing, talking, having a good time. Okay, so then that means the furniture should also, like when we're setting this up, I want people to be able to look at each other, not just like sitting across on the couch, right? What's the purpose? What do I want out of the kitchen? Obviously, like it's to make food, but like what else? I like to hang out in the kitchen. I like to listen to music in the kitchen, right? Like that's what I want. When I'm making food, I like to listen to music. So either I have my headphones in because Kendra's watching a show while I'm making dinner or we're making dinner together. Speakers. I want surround sound speakers. I want plants in the kitchen. Right? I want plants and again, this is for you to ask yourself, what is the purpose of blank that you want that's going to increase your happiness because it is your time, it is your space and it's your time and all we have in life is time. Um, fitness, this is a key one. I am not a fitness expert. Nowhere am I in the best shape of, well, actually, I am in the best shape of my life, and I'm proud to say that. That is because I started teaching design thinking, and I was like, all right, wow, so you can like systematically approach anything. And then I said to myself, self, you will be, this is define the objective, I will be in the best shape of my life at 27. This is when I was 26. I was like, okay, what does that mean? So then I set like numbers. I'm going to be able to do 50 push-ups a day, 20 pull-ups a day. I'm going to be flexible, which I'm not. So like palms to the floor. And I set like specific goals to find it. I'm going to run 10 miles, be able to run 10 miles, whatever. Like, okay, those are the goals. Uh, what is currently hindering me from reaching my goals? Well, the biggest thing was it was like, I get home from work and I don't feel like working out. And once we eat dinner, I'm not going to work out. So what I had to do was like set up weekly and daily goals. I actually designed, um, yeah, I, I, I suppose I can post it up on the description for this episode. I designed a table, if you will, that has yearly goals, monthly, weekly, daily. So I know, okay, in a year, I want to be able to do 50 push-ups. 
So what I did was, okay, what realistically, what's going to help me accomplish this goal? What are all the ways I could do that? Um, I realized, all right, systematically, if I just start with like 30 push-ups, doing 30 push-ups a day, and then like the next month add five, and then the next month add five, I'll be able to do 50 push-ups. And I did that. And what it is, is in the morning, one of my routines is like, I just do 40 push-ups, 50 push-ups, whatever my number's at. And the mindset is, so I do push-ups, ideally yoga and pull-ups and like this ab thing with the kettlebell every single day, ideally in the morning. And if I don't work out, at least I've done that in the morning routine. You know, it's like, it's like at least constant somewhat gains, but the design thinking thing is right. Like I set a goal. I ask myself, what are all the things that I could do to help me reach my goal? What are all the things that are preventing me from reaching my goal? Part of that is what I'm eating. And then it's like the evaluating. Okay. What am I having for lunch? What am I having for breakfast? What am I snacking on? How often am I eating ice cream? And then it could like the design thinking is like, listen, I like to have an ice cream bar sometimes, you know, like I'm not like major on sweets, but I do. I'm going to, I'm currently eating. I'm, I wasn't doing this, but like, let's say I'm eating like four ice cream bars a week. Okay. Prototype. I'm going to try to break that down to two a week. How did I do this week? I went over. Why did I go over? What is the time of the day? Where is it where I like go into the freezer because I tell myself that I'm hungry and I have an ice cream bar? Like I'm, I'm being serious of like break it down. Where is it in the day that I do that? What we're doing right now is just systematically evaluating our life, our life, my life, your life and saying like, okay, this is what I want. This is what's preventing me from, ha- from doing that. How can I not do that? that's the other key too, right? Like I could acknowledge like, oh, I know when I have ice cream, but I do it anyway. Here's, so here's an example of that. I wanted to teach myself Spanish. I still want to. So what I did was I found, or I looked through the kitchen and just everything I saw, I translated it into Spanish. And I have up on a cabinet, all these Spanish verbs and nouns. And the idea was when I'm in the kitchen, I'm going to think and speak in Spanish. So like when I'm going to make coffee or drink the coffee, I'm just going to think to myself or say out loud, I'm going to drink coffee. And then like ask Kendra, would you like some coffee in Spanish? Right? So it's just going to improve my Spanish vocabulary. Hypothetically or theoretically, I'm right. Like that is, I find to be like the way to do it. And then I'll move into the living room and then the bedroom and like I'll speak Spanish in the house, right? Theoretically, that's the way to do it. I still am not doing it. So why? I don't have, I, and this is design thinking too. Like I don't have incentive to do it other than just, just the motivation to do it. And that's currently not enough. And I'm acknowledging that. So I have to design incentive to do it. That's either getting like a third party in there or second party, whatever. Of like, hey, at the end of this month, can you test me? And then if I pass, you're going to give me permission to go buy something. I don't know. Like, right? Reward myself. 
because I know like I'm setting all these goals. Like I'm going to do this, 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 and I'm not doing it. And I know exactly why I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it enough. I tell myself I want to do it. So like I need to design incentive to want to do it or just ditch it, which I'm currently doing. I'm not learning Spanish. Same thing for fitness. It's like the, why are you doing that? What for me, I have found fitness doing it makes me happy. And like, that's the goal. What like being um, consistent and disciplined and committed makes me happy. But then too, like being physically fit improves my life. And like eating healthy improves my life. So I have incentive because I want to do it. But when you don't have the incentive initially, like what is something that you can design that's going to, because it is like what's hindering you from doing it is you don't want to do it enough. So like, what can you do that's going to make you want to do it? Think about all the things you could do. One of the answers to that is making it public and like speaking it into existence. The fitness thing, setting a goal, um, scheduling it. So on like Sundays, I break down like, okay, this week, along with my morning routine with push-ups, pull-ups, abs, and yoga, I'm going to do Monday, I'm going to do legs, Tuesday, do this, Wednesday, rest. And I can, this is the nice thing, because I have that schedule at the end of the week, I can look back and like acknowledge I didn't do this. I did do this. I was four for five or three for four. Like, okay. Am I gonna like am I gonna be two for four next week? Because if that happens, then I'm noticing a trend. And the only way to do that is if I'm like setting these, I'm defining my objective and I'm being measurable. These goals are measurable. And it's the same thing for waking up in the morning. I was four for five at getting out of bed at five o'clock. One of the days I got back in bed. The next week, if I'm two for five. And then it's like two for five, two for five, week after week. I got to make changes, but I'm at least able to measure that I'm declining, right? That's part of design thinking. It's the systematic approach. I was four for five for making coffee in the morning. Okay, so like when am I most likely to, or when, like, when's the best time to make coffee the night before? So it'll, it'll be there in the morning. Is it before I go to bed? If not, like I got to do it earlier, right? It's This is what I mean by like measure your progress. Set measurable goals as much as you can. In regards to the fitness thing, like 30 a week, 35, sorry, 30 push-ups a day, then move to 35 in the next month, like measure it. Um, let's end with this. What we're talking, like what I'm talking about right now is essentially designing like your current situation and it's like plans a little bit for the future isn't like uh this is how i want blank to be so i'm gonna like approach it this week like this and that is good that's great right like you are and you should be as as i said like this is the homework break your day down into sections for each section define what is what do you want from this? What is the purpose of this? And it's not to get my nutrients and dinner. Like, what do you want out of it? You have to acknowledge the needs. I have to get ready for work. I have to eat food. 
But what do you want out of it? What's going to make it better to make you happy? What is in the morning routine or at dinner or at work? What is happening that's not that's hindering you from being happy or happier? Evaluate it. What is hindering you from that? Systematically substitute it with something else or remove it and measure. Now, that is, as I said, fairly current and like short-term future. What about long-term future? Like if you could design your life and I'm not saying like in 10 years, I'm going to have this much money and I'm going to have this position because I am a believer in you're not in control of your life. I think God is. And I think there are so many things outside of your control. Let's say like COVID that you there's, I don't find, I don't think it's helpful or beneficial to put all your eggs in the basket of like, this will happen. Now I think it's good to set standards and goals. And I like, I guess that's what I mean by like the, if you could design the future of your life, what do you want out of life? Because as I've said a few times, all you have is time. And every single day, that bank of time is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's dwindling. And if you listen to the moment podcast in the big three, every year is getting shorter Time is relative. It's going to be gone. Where'd all the time go, right? What do you want out of life? Put it into words. Define it. Set your purpose. For me, love is like the major thing. Like as long as I am experiencing love and music, I guess. But love, then like that is, that's the must, right? But like I have goals. I'll read one like for a career. Um, this summer, I will begin to plan directions and moves to become a more public figure in education in order to make a difference. My life goal, what do I want out of life? I want to make a difference in the education community. So then I ask myself, what in my life is preventing me or would prevent me from reaching this goal? Laziness, not having structure. Cause I know myself, like I've said this, I, I have lyrics in a song. Sometimes I feel like I was born for something special, wake up sure that I will live to seize the day. Sometimes I feel like I was born for nothing more than floating around like a fallen leaf, daydreaming my life away. Like, I know. And this is kind of like what's scary because like I'm at the point now in life where it's like, this could go two ways right now. Well, multiple ways, right? I, and I could end up happy, but like I could, I feel like I'm capable of very high things, but I know that it could not happen and that's because of me. So what do I want? I want to make a difference in the public education community. What's going to prevent me from doing that? Laziness. And I know myself and it's laziness. So I know I need structure. So then I ask myself, 
What are all the things that I could do that's going to allow me to make a difference in the public education community? Then I start to weigh the options. What's desirable for, for me? What's more feasible for me? What's more viable? Desirable? Doing things in the classroom, right? Honestly, like this podcast is part of that. I have like, I don't even, probably five people that listen to this. But I'm just, in my mind, one, I like doing this. I More so than anything, I like doing this because this makes me happy. I just like talking about ideas and like fun stuff that I find to be fun. Two, I'm setting up a bank vault of like teaching stuff that I don't like this might open up a door and I, I don't know, but I'm doing this stuff because I like to, it makes me happy. And two, it is something that could help me reach my goal. That is, and that's a career goal, right? Like what do you want in your relationship? What do you want personally? What's going to give you personal fulfillment? Hobbies. What's going to give you fulfillment at work? Like what did, and then design it. Ask yourself. Best case scenario, what's that look like? And for me, like, I don't know what, like literally the best case scenario is for like, I want to make a difference. I just know that my purpose and objective in my career is to improve public education in at least the United States, maybe the world. Okay. That's a lofty, lofty goal. Like that's years and years and years. So then I have to break that down. All right. My yearly goal is I want to do a podcast series on Global Veritas, which is a class I teach. That's a goal I have for this year in hopes that just like, okay, my goal for this year is to have Global Veritas. In the month of August, I want to start the podcast, right? So I have a yearly goal. I have monthly in the first week of August, I'm going to do one episode and then daily Wednesday, I'm going to record the podcast, right? Just like you have the yearly, monthly, weekly, daily, my lofty goal of making a difference, like that is long-term, like decades. The year is, okay, this year, in order to get me closer to my big goal, I'm going to do that podcast. I'm going to get more involved in Twitter. I'm going to follow to this week. I'm going to follow three people on Twitter. This is conscious, aware decisions that have a purpose. Now, also what makes me happy is just chilling and like picking up my guitar and like relaxing. I don't want If I'm designing my life, I don't want every single second of my day to be structured. And it's like, I got to get after it. If I don't do that, you know, like, I don't like that. Like tracking everything in my life. Like, I don't want that. So I need to design a system that gives me freedom, but structure. So the question to you. Number one, right now, in this very moment, are you happy? It's kind of a yes or no. Are you happy? What is happiness to you? What would make you happy? Define it. Define it for your career. What would make you happy? 
for your personal life. That includes like health, relationships, hobbies. For each one. What is the best case scenario? What would make you happy? What do you want out of life itself? And then break life down into career and then it's a personal. And personal, like there's relationships, whatever else, right? Figure out what you want and then identify what is preventing you from living a life that is fulfilled. So at the end of your life, you're not going to look back like, I wish I did that different. You might do that even if you like design the best life, but at least right now you have an opportunity to say like, okay, looking at my day to day life, what is what are what are things that are happening that are one in my control and then two that I don't like? from your morning to your commute to work, to work, to getting home, to dinner, to your bedtime routine, then your weekends, break it down, identify what is the purpose of this time? What do I want out of this time? What do I not like? And then what can I do that will help me reach my objective? For instance, the morning routine, it's as simple as that. My like I am happier because I'm able to take my time in the morning. I am happier because I've designed a classroom with like tapestry and art on the wall. I'm happier because I've designed Uh, like a lot of aspects of my life. And I designed it with the intention of I'm going to do this because this is what I want out of it. Something to think about, folks. It all goes back to the all we have is time. What are we doing with it? makes you think right like I know I, I'm about to wrap up but just like it may personally it makes me excited because I was very much someone who like again like I just like to chill you know like I like to wake up and just like I don't know what's going on and I love those days when there's like no plans especially hanging out with friends like when you have no plans at all and like just being adventurous, that's great. But then, like I said last in last week's podcast, like we love to make life easier for ourselves, but also what makes us human and what I find to be true, and like I don't have research to back it up, but smart people who have done the research would support this, that part of what makes us happy is having purpose and like setting goals. And it really is about the time in between and it's about the process. So like you accomplish a goal 
And I think a lot of what happens is like people accomplish goals and it's like, well, now what? It's embrace the time in between. It's the moment, right? When I wake up, I'm asking myself like, what am I in control of? Acknowledge what I am in control of and then just make it dope. Peace. Peace.